Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. This is the Abby Normal Podcast, here to tell you that you're weird and that's normal. Throughout middle school, we passed notes to each other all day, like written messages on paper. This is obviously a lost art. Now all we do is text, and if we don't get a response to a hey text message within 30 seconds, we've decided someone's ignoring us, they don't like us, they're too good for us. Oh, wait, they responded, it's fine. Back then, you would write and pass a note in class, and depending on the other person's note-writing propensity, you could get a response within 10 minutes or a week. My best friend would reply immediately or prepare a detailed note with drawings to give me during break. A boy or a studious friend may take several days to reply. And since there was no social media to keep me updated on everyone's out-of-school activities, notes were the only way to figure out what's happening and how I can make it my business. Listeners, you should know that I kept every note from 7th to 12th grade. I am now a grown-ass woman with a career and a child, and I still possess them in shoeboxes from the 90s. Many of my fellows from these days are shaking in their Doc Martens, Clarks, hearing these unholy words. And the truly delightful part about this is that I don't have the notes that I wrote. I only have others' words to me. And I love these people. So what do I do with such precious, embarrassing treasures? Well, here's the thing. Most of them are very stupid, but rereading them, I found that we were actually pretty damn wise. The consensus from many adults is, middle school is fucking terrible. And though I had my own trials and tribulations, I look back and see kids just trying to figure life out and not doing too bad of a job at it. We were trying things we've never done before and learning lessons, and these lessons are not little things. They're the big things that make us happy, satisfied, productive members of society. They're the kind of lessons that clickbait would tell us lead to healthy relationships and longer lifespans. These six boxes of notes demonstrate that we start learning these lessons at age 12 and just keep on working at them forevermore. We get better, gain more tools, but we're still working out the same shit. So this podcast is about those things that make us feel abnormal how we handle it, and discover that we're not alone. If you choose to join us, you'll hear lots of stories from people that you don't know, but who could be your friend. And I'll share my notes. The perspectives of 12 to 17-year-olds during the years 1992 to 1997. Hopefully you'll learn something and laugh. Here's your first lesson. Don't ever lie to your mother because she'll know and she'll be disappointed in you. Let's find out if my experience with notes is unique. Annie. Abby. So we are approximately a decade apart in age. Approximately. As you know, my generation wrote lots of notes to each other during school. And I'm wondering if you had the same experience or if it wasn't such a thing um, kind of later in the 90s, early 2000s. It absolutely was a thing. I was never good at folding them, so I felt self-conscious about passing them. However, what my friend group and I ended up doing was keeping journals that we would pass back and forth. 
which based on what you talked about earlier in your note thing where you're like, I have no idea what I wrote. We did because we could reference back to it and we felt like fucking geniuses as a result of that. 100% geniuses. And I kind of feel like we should implement that in our daily lives now. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't this you, you effectively don't, going you, to be that? <laughs> this podcast is our journal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except it'll, it would basically just consist of us being like, work sucked today and I want to kill my coworkers. I neither agree nor disagree with that. I feel like you and I find all the things to talk about every single time we hang out, even if we just saw each other the day before, there is some new thing that we feel that we need to share with each other, whether it's a headline that we've read, especially the headlines that we read lately, <laughs> like something that is filling us with white hot rage currently. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that weird. Mm-hmm. And I think it is pretty very topically. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But if we kept like a written journal, then they could find it and Frank style and be like, this is what happened during Trump's administration. Yeah. After we get handmade tailed. Oh, God. Does that mean they're going to yank out your IUD? <laughs> Probably. I, I only have a few fertile years left, though, so. Oh, God. I feel like I need to, like, go to Kaiser and be like, hey, I need five years worth of birth control pills. Yeah. And they're going to ask why. And then I'm going to say, because I'm scared that we're going to all become handmaids. Yeah. You need to be like, I need... 12 plan B's. Yeah, 1,200 <laughs> plan B's. Dang, girl. 12 is only a year's worth. You should not take plan B on a monthly basis. So did you have like a select group of friends that you passed the journal back and forth to or one friend or how did it work? I had different journals with different friends. Your book bag must have been so heavy. It was so heavy. And I was irresponsible and carried a messenger bag because I thought that was cooler than a backpack. And my shoulder still hurts. Um, well, messenger bags are cooler than backpacks and everyone knows that. Unless you wear your backpack with one strap off of your shoulder, that's the ultimate. I, I never did super well with that because I have sloping shoulders. It's the same reason my bra straps won't stay up, which is also infuriating. So I did the mess like the crossbody messenger bag. Can your doctor diagnose you with sloping shoulders? Because I think I have it as well. I mean, I'm a medical doctor and I'm diagnosing you with it right now. I am not a medical doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Can I get a prescription for better bras? Yes. Thank you, doctor. (laughs) You're welcome. 39% of the notes are about boys. Who likes whom? Which boy has demonstrated poor relationship behavior? and encouragement to flirt, flirt, flirt. We can postulate that this means tweens were, are spending three hours a day, 21 hours a week, thinking about and discussing the boys or girls that they're interested in romantically. Do you spend this much time finding a mate? Do you spend this much time assessing interactions with your partner? I do not. But I've been married for 11 years, and since my husband and I have previous divorces under our belts, we also do not sweat any small stuff. Here's some examples. So you like John, huh? Well, I have no idea about Jacob, because I have a strong feeling that he likes Sarah. If he thinks I'm straight, wait till you get to Sarah, holy cow. I'm so confused about Jake. Well, I'm going to call him at lunch. I'm so confused about Ryan. 
okay, first he writes me and asks me who I liked. And he said that someone told him I was trying to decide between two people, which is not true, dot, 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 anymore. So when I wrote back, I told him I didn't know who I liked and wasn't going to decide. When he finally wrote me back, he didn't even mention it about liking people. I don't understand. It's just so dumb. Let me tell you about my first love in seventh grade. Okay, maybe love is a strong word. I think the tweens are just stumbling around feeling vaguely horny until someone they can tolerate comes by and they're allowed to put their lips on each other. This could describe adult dating as well. I had this best friend, Brian. We would rollerblade together and also kiss each other. Again, I use the word kiss loosely. We would stand there kissing for 20 minutes without really touching each other, and there would be literal spit dripping from our mouths, and I would get a kink in my neck. I'm sure I have cute, precious memories about this also, but that's not the way the story is going. In eighth grade, Brian came to visit, and we went to a concert with other kids and my mother. And by the end of the night, he was hooking up with a friend of mine. Here's the thing. I didn't care one bit. And I certainly didn't think it would impact the amount of kissing that I got to have with him. There was no relationship status back then, and Brian and I certainly never talked about it. We were busy blading and making out. Perhaps I took to heart when my mother told me, there are many fish in the sea. And that's what my little brain focused on. Many fish for you and for me. Anyway, I wish this story had a better ending, but I took this guy to my sophomore prom and he left me there because I danced with someone else. Ah, the irony. As this aforementioned friend said in her note, Have you talked to Brian lately? I don't think he likes me anymore. Oh well. I had an epic birthday party in 8th grade. Garage, music, snacks, boys and girls, strobe light. As my bestie said, I'm going to wear my bongo jeans and my tie-dye hat. We also learned how to freak dance. Freak dancing is similar to dirty dancing, but if you're a dorky white tween, it involved bending your knees and then rotating them around while standing near someone of the opposite sex. After the party, my mom sat me down and gently informed me that dancing like that would give you a reputation. When she said reputation, my little brain thought, dancing like that will make you interesting and people will talk about you. My mom thought she nailed that advice. Little did she know that it was a pep talk for a lifetime of freak dancing. When I was... 15 going on 16 and my first kiss happened somewhere in there I think we had gone to a show that night no we went to a house party that night and it was super lame because it was like at some rich kid's house and I was not into it I was like I don't belong here I come from the wrong side of the tracks I it felt very pretty and pink you know like I just wasn't into it so he drove me home in his 1980s Bonneville and it had those nice velour bench seats Uh, So I was in the front passenger seat and fully asleep, and he kissed me. I woke up to his mouth on my mouth. It was fine. Seems a little assaultive. True. I did not, like, give consent in that moment, but I had also been like, why have have we not kissed yet? So maybe he was just, like, scared. So he was trying to do it in a moment. 
where I couldn't like slap him if I didn't like it. Did you like it? I, I remember being excited that it had finally happened. I remember not feeling one way or the other about thinking it was good or not. And he's gay now. One of my first kisses happened when your sister and I saw the Curing concert in Sacramento. We had been standing with this boy that I was obviously immediately in love with because he had like longer hair was wearing like a band a black band shirt with a white collar shirt underneath it and was just like super cool and knew all the cure lyrics and was like sad like we were but excited about seeing sad music i don't know and he and i shared a magical kiss after the concert it was so magical i don't know how else to describe it it was like exactly what you want teenage love to be mm-hmm. and he's a woman now I don't have a great track record. Does this make you question your own sexuality? It does not. It makes me question my taste in men. All relationships I've had since then, as far as I'm aware, they are all still men and are interested in women. So perhaps this was just an example of experimentation that happens In your teen years? In your teen years, yes. Yeah, I guess. And perhaps by our 30s, people have figured it out a little bit better? I should hope so, but I still don't feel like I have anything figured out (laughs) with regard to relationships of the romantic sense. What were your flirt techniques in middle school, high school? I don't really think I had any in middle school. Yeah. I... So was there the intense obsession with flirting like there was at my school or was it different? So I went to not a private school, but a charter school that was like kind of a nerd school. Like I remember liking liking a boy here or there, but I, I feel like that is when I peaked in my awkward phase was middle school. Because by the time I got to high school, I decided I was like, punk rock or goth or whatever alternative I was feeling at that time. So regardless of those subsets, I didn't give a fuck. I definitely gave all the fucks in middle school Mm -hmm. and I knew I wasn't cool. And I had so much braces and was like probably still a little chubby and it just wasn't great. (laughs) And like, I remember it was also a uniformed middle school, but not like, not like Catholic school uniforms. Like you could wear denim or khaki but if you wore shorts you had to like they had to come down to your fingertips I have long arms I just looked like an asshole in shorts and you always had to wear these dumb polo shirts those don't look good on anyone no they don't look good on anybody unless you're very very thin which I was not so I don't think I flirted with anybody in middle school There were certainly gay kids at this small school that I went to. But back in the early 90s, there wasn't even a handle on the door for them to come out of the closet. The range of opinions that we received from teachers and parents was love the sinner, hate the sin on one end, and homosexuals are pedophiles on the other. Those were the two attitudes that you could have. And it makes me sad to think that they were writing notes saying, Jimmy is so fine. 
when that wasn't at all the truth in their hearts and in their bodies. They probably couldn't even acknowledge that to themselves, much less their friends and trusted adults in their lives. My daughter has such a different view on this. She's super LGBTQ positive. Today she told me that a kid in her class is anti-gay. She was really upset and said it made her want to punch him. I told her this is a totally reasonable feeling, but that we should try to love the sinner and hate the sin. And that's what I mean about the big impact of what you're learning in middle school. How does my child navigate the big questions? How do you stand up for yourself? How do you stand up for others? And how do you educate people that believe different things than you? How do you love people that you want to punch? Is it worth showing them love? I can't answer that question for her. She has to experience it. And really, you choose your path in life by trying different courses of action and seeing what works best. Let's get back to one of our key lessons. Flirt more. It's fun, and as the notes say... Yes, I did talk to John. We both said hi to each other, and he called me to meet me somewhere. Okay, so now when I hear this, I'm excited because there's a chance we can at least have a relationship. And that's what we all want, right? Let's check in with a man. Aaron, we've been talking about flirting tonight, specifically in middle school and the different ways that we did it. I'm wondering if you, as a middle schooler, had any capacity to understand your own flirting and I, how you did it. I had no game. <laughs> did you have girls that you liked in middle school? Of course. And what did you do to pursue them? Nothing. I was a nerd. But nerd wasn't cool then. <laughs> did you get beat up? No. Did you call girls? No. How old were you when you had your first girlfriend? Elementary school. Well, that's like pimpin' style. Elementary school, dang. Sure. <laughs> Did you ask her to go around? I don't remember. Did you grab any girls' butts? Absolutely not. <laughs> he was raised right. Good job. Good I job. have always been a gentleman. <laughs> okay, do you have any advice for like middle school boys right now on how they might get a girlfriend? I mean, they don't need a girlfriend. They already have 99 problems. They don't need a bitch to be one.